Hello and welcome to Indefensive Plants. No. No, this is Plant Pals. I'm talking to my pal Brandon this week. Start over. Okay. <clears throat> My guest this evening. This is this is NPR. I'm your host, um, Ezra Miller. <laughs> My guest this evening is Brandon Corder. Hello. Yes, Brandon Corder. Hi, Brandon. Welcome Hi. to Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. <laughs> I'm I'm honored. Um, it's it's been a long time coming. <laughs> really. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Um, so what is your deal? Oh my gosh. What are you up to right now? Yeah. So I'm here. I'm, I'm up here in the frozen North that they call Wisconsin. Um, I am working on probably the last year and a half of my PhD right now, uh, at the university of Wisconsin, Madison. So yeah. Um, botany grad student, um, originally from Florida, moved around a little bit, Oregon, settled here in Wisconsin, and uh, who knows what's coming up next. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> you're studying um, parasitic plant interactions as a whole, or are you looking more into specific species, specific taxa and their interactions? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, like, I don't know anybody here is listening who's thinking about grad school you know, it's probably a good idea to have an idea of what you want to do. You know, I had an idea. I was like, I want to work with plants. And it was really as broad as that. Um, And those plants were orchids, at least. So I had some inkling. But, uh, you know, I started out like, you know, thinking that I was going to be doing purely um, work looking at kind of the evolution of mycoheterotrophy, you know, this, this kind of trait where plants will parasitize fungi to get some of their uh, nutrients. And orchids seem to really do this a lot. So I thought I was going to be starting, you know, and maybe doing my whole PhD just on that kind of molecular evolution. But then, you know, you add some people to your committee and they get some really crazy ideas. And then next thing you know, you're trying to figure out isotopes and how nutrients move through this plant and fungus and host kind of system. And then you start thinking about you know, why would you be a mycoheterotroph and, you know, what types of habitats are going to, um, you know, uh, yield a lot of mycoheterotrophs and, you know, and what places would they not be so successful? And then you end up like me after all that, having three chapters that are like three entirely different textbooks of knowledge to learn. And then you wonder why did you do all this? But no, I actually really like it. So, yeah. Generally, orchids and fungi and all the stuff that goes with that. Excellent. Very cool. How did you get into, like, outdoors and plants and, like, nerdy shit? Yeah. You? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, my dad, he's uh, he's an orchid guy. Um, he used to grow orchids. With one named after him, right? Both of you. Yeah, that is true. We, we, he, so, he, you know, he's like a naturalist. Like, you know, he loves his iNaturalist. He loves to go out and look at plants and I mean, I really took after him in that way. And yeah, we, we had an orchid that we 
discovered more or less. And um, this guy actually named it after us. It's a hybrid. So, you know, everybody gets a hybrid, right? (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, but really even more than that, like if I had to really pinpoint like one thing that told me like plants is going to be like what's I'm going to make my personality for the next how many decades it it was actually my dad's friend uh his name is robert and he just knew all the names of all the plants in all the forests in florida that we went through and i was just telling myself when i was a kid like man like that is so cool that like you can look at something and be like that's an oak that's a maple that's uh you know whatever kind of orchid you know and i was like man that's that's awesome and really that's kind of what made me interested in doing plants like, you know, fully or one of the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that's exactly what got me into it. I, was, I probably have told this story. I started recording these in July. That shows you how the pace <laughs> I'm at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I was in community college being like, oh, I guess smoking cigarettes in my friend's basement is not a career path. And Mm -hmm. I was like looking out the window in math or algebra or whatever remedial class I was in. And I was like, what tree is that? And I was, I had a friend going to UVM university of Vermont for Mm -hmm. um, forestry. And I was like, Oh wait, you can like work outside. Like you can just like make a career out of, cause you know, you think like David Attenborough did it. Yeah. You must have that niche cornered. Like, (laughs) you know, you don't realize there's a whole science. Jeff Corwin has it down. You know what I mean? But no, we um, sneaked in. We snuck in there. Also, being on the other side of it now, realizing that like eighty percent of science is collected by hungover seasonals that are just trying to make it through the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, ain't that the truth? Hey, you know <laughs> that that hits too hard, actually. <laughs> um. So, what was? Have you done any seasonal jobs, like in undergrad, between undergrad and graduate? I feel like you know most of what I've been paid to do is to teach on some level, like as a teaching assistant. Um, there was one very ill-advised year when I lived in Oregon that I basically was doing nothing except just kind of vibing and you know that was not very good for the no savings that I had um Mm -hmm. but you know I don't know like I didn't really understand how the seasonal gig structure worked at that time maybe I should have at that time but I think the closest that I've done is um a couple summers ago I had a, a colleague who was at a different university reach out and say that um she needed some uh some help doing some surveys on uh, Isle Royale National Park in Lake Superior, um, which is an awesome, awesome place. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was up there for a while, just like going with the National Park Service people, like island to island to island and doing plant surveys for like these 25 species of rare plants up there. Um, yeah. So th- that was kind of my one gig like that. But mostly I've I've been kind of in the whole teaching, like you know, teaching circuit, I guess, um, as a TA, as a instructor, whatever. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of jealous hearing that you get to spend so much time in like a warm, safe place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, do you, so you enjoy teaching then? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I... Um, you, you have to enjoy it. Well, you are you are like contractually obligated to like teaching if you want to be <laughs> in this 
in this field of academia in a way. But um, yeah, I, I really do like teaching. And maybe it's just the fact that, you know, like I'm 27 and like, you know, my students, you know, they're in their, they're not that far. I mean, I can still remember when I was an undergrad, like not too long ago. So, you know, there is like that, like, um, kind of connection that you have with them where you feel like on one hand, like you feel like you're really old, you know, because like my students do their group projects, like on Snapchat group message, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, you I, can't <laughs> save those. That's the whole point. I know. That's what I told them. I was like, come on. I know what Snapchat is guys. <laughs> I was like, are you guys like, are you guys, uh, you know, meeting and, and, and figuring out your projects? Like, yeah, we got each other on Snapchat. I'm like, how are you doing it? <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I'm, like, <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah, go. I was going to say, I have a brother that only communicates through Snapchat, which I've deleted because I'm an adult and I'm Sketchy. like, all right, like whenever I uh, call me, if you need me, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody listening is under 22 is kind of, kind of sketchy is my, my take on that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, um, like the main point is like, you know, it's, I like teaching because, you know, you kind of feel like you are really interfacing with like the people who are going to be making all the decisions in the next 50 years. And you kind of feel some responsibility to like, you know, um, teach them well. And I don't know, I, I take that very seriously. Like I, I want to be a good teacher and mm-hmm. I, I want to make people feel like they really can do all these things. And, you know, somehow I figured out a way to like, you know, make my, um, make my living, I guess my very, you know, pitiful, like low wage living <laughs> as a, as a botanist essentially. So I just want to tell them that it's possible, um, at least until you finish grad school and then, you know, then you see, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly who i'm trying to target like basically trying to make a time capsule for my own 19 year old self where i'm just like i have a shitty haircut like i had an undercut mm. remember when that was a thing like you'd slick it back and then shave the sides oh, like, I, more almost oh i know i know i know it was a Bro, thing that was that was my <laughs> shit um like yeah just like what the heck is going on i don't know anything but i kind of like being outside it's it's a good thing Instagram wasn't around back then, um, and that fo- you know photographic evidence of that time is is sparse. Yeah, I have like <laughs> three pictures of myself on my decrepit Facebook. <laughs> my digital footprint, as much as I talk shit online, it is low. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, I it, it's kind of funny, like the segue into something that I really like, which is like social media. Um, I was looking through my Instagram the other day and I realized that I really have like nearly only plant pics going all the way back to like 2015 or something. And even then, even to like my 30 followers who are all just like people from high school, I was like, Hey, like you got to check out this sunflower and there's no additional information, but just like, look at how yellow it is. (laughs) And that's kind of what I based everything off of for the next, like, what, like, eight years or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Like, I feel like the plant person community online is one of the only online communities that is, like, makes people feel better. Like, you know, like, the whole thing is, like, social media is melting your brain. It's warping your influences. Like, makes everyone depressed and feel like shit. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely, but like not me. Like I just talk about flowers I saw with my friends all day. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. No, I, I think that the plant Instagram community is like a good kind of. It's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, but you know, it's prob it's 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 doing the right thing. And so many people I meet off of that, like even people who just lurk it and they're not like really posting that much. Um, they've all been like super chill and. You know, I've got a couple weird messages from people occasionally, but oh yeah, know, I have a horny jail where I <laughs> some people. Yeah, I, there there is a. I don't know if I have a horny jail, but <laughs> I I do have a jail for for other other reasons. Um, but you know, yeah, ex- exactly. So I don't know. I I think it's uh, cool. I think it's a really cool community. I, I'm really all about it, and I would tell everybody like, yo. If you're trying to learn about plants, like just start reading stuff on there. Just follow people and just start reading. I mean, we got, you know, fucking Matt Berger right now is down in New Zealand. Just mm-hmm. Sheriff Woody, just, you know, kind of vibing with ericaceous cushion shrubs. Like, you know, nobody else is, is doing that right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do My that My dream algebra. is to go to Spain. Mm-hmm. Go to Spain and see the daffodils in the spring because yeah. they it's the center of diversity there. I, everyone that knows me in person is like, please shut the fuck up about the daffodils. Mm-hmm. But it's like they take on such a variety of forms. They are so unsettled as a genus. Like there's so much going on with them. There's so yeah. much um, hybridization and like back crosses with cultivated ones. Like it's just – plus it's like when I was in Massachusetts, like – Obviously, in Wisconsin, you understand the first flower you see in like the end of March, Mm -hmm. you're like, everything's gonna be okay. I can make it one more year. Like, thank God. That is true. You like daffodils? Skunk cabbage. Yeah, skunk cabbage. Oh, I said you like daffodils. A a narcissist, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's why I started a podcast. (laughs) Narcissist. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, the daffodils. Yeah, I just figure, I don't know, like, I, I don't really read a lot of papers about anything going on. I mean, I, I do read a lot of European papers, but more in, like, the orchid realm. So mm. I know that there's, like, a lot of studies that come out about, like, you know, where did apples originate? Or, you know, like, what's going on with daffodils these days? Or whatever it is. And I just... <laughs> Send me like, that paper. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it just seems like... Europe is like just so confusing. I mean, with the land history there is just like yeah, so different than North America or you know a lot uh, many other places. So I'm just like, how do you even like find out all this stuff? I don't know. I need to read more of those papers. <laughs> I know, and it's weird. Like California is a Mediterranean type ecosystem, mm. and it's like it's weird that like at least in the Western sphere of influence california is like the mediterranean type yeah but like there's the mediterranean yeah like, why there's an yeah. infinitely larger space that has an infinite amount more biodiversity mm-hmm. it's just been farmed for the last eight thousand years so we don't hear about it as much who did they just how did they decide that california was mediterranean and the mediterranean wasn't californian who, who decided that um <laughs> the italians probably they're like oh yeah we're basing this all off of uh, the homeland. <laughs> I just, I, I, I blanket blame the Italians. <laughs> just blanket. Yeah. My Italian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Massachusetts has a, a Mediterranean climate. Is that, is that true? Or is that false? No, that's false. <laughs> 
It has, it has a lot basically of some Italian um, folks live there. Some in the <laughs> North End, and the Irish in them have beef since time immemorial. <laughs> um, I think Massachusetts like barely escapes the lake effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, Erie. I think is. I thought Lake Champlain was a great lake until I was like twenty-two. <laughs> I I I'm in love with these lakes. I, you know, I don't know. I I come from Central Florida. You know, there's a lot of lakes, a lot of springs there. Um, but I don't know. I, first time I saw Lake Champlain, I was like, yeah, it's a pretty good lake. But Lake Superior, I thought it was great. It's yeah, you know, any kind of lake. I don't know. Do you have lakes in California? Do you have plants in California? What's the deal with that? Uh, we used to have lakes. The whole friggin' state used to be underwater, and mm-hmm. then it dried up. And then we irrigated the, what was left, and now it's very dusty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you guys don't have any good plants in California? Is that no. part of the reason? Yeah, I'm just here for the economic uh, disparity. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm in the Bay, the tech world. What is it? Silicon Valley sphere of influence now. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes is getting sentenced tomorrow, like 40 minutes from my house. I it's, almost want to go. Didn't they say you're not supposed to date yourself too much on, on a podcast? Elizabeth Holmes on, a, what is it? The day that Brock Hampton's <laughs> last album came out. Thursday, November 17th, 2022, Ooh. Year of Our Lord. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I only have this, <laughs> I only have this orange juice, which I'm not going to drink any more of. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's plants, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, growing up in Florida, like it's a different world to me. Like, were you allowed to just kind of roam? Like, did you have woods behind your house you could go into? Yeah. Is it filled with alligators and mm-hmm. meth heads? Like, I don't know. What, what's the vibe <laughs> growing up in Florida? Well, some of my, my early experiences and memories in Florida um, revolve around the Casey Anthony trial. <laughs> okay. Um, and that time that some guy ate another guy's face in Miami. Oh, I was reading about him like three days ago. Where is he? Is he okay? He's no, he's in jail. He ate a guy's face. Oh, (laughs) damn. So, but no, he was like, he was sober at the time of arrest, but he was just whacked out for years of doing the heavy shit. Well, you know, I just, I just, it could happen to anyone. (laughs) I, I all I'm saying is, you know, Florida kind of a kind of a weird place and yeah, those things like really um are just kind of some of the memories that I I remember. Also another thing is uh we had that I I live pretty close to where they launched the space shuttles and I remember okay. after they launched that um mission that was like going to Pluto and other stuff, I forget what it's called. Um, Mm -hmm. it had like plutonium on it or something. And they actually made us learn how to like, do like a, a bomb, like, Oh my God. In case it accidentally weaponizes itself. Yeah. Like they said, that's not going to happen, but like we actually had to like go underneath our desk. Um, also at that time, I'm pretty, I might just be mixing this all up, but I know for sure that, um, Ron DeSantis was my, um, was my congressman. So, you know, maybe, you know, he, I don't know. I, he's just not, he just doesn't think right. He's brain broke, you know, <laughs> and maybe that's why that happened. But yeah, to the alligators and stuff, um, those alligators, there's snakes. Like I wasn't allowed to just like go into the lake and into the retention pond and just play, you know, kind of yeah. sad, but, um, I did spend a lot of time like outside. Uh, we did have like a woods in our backyard and, 
like I would go out there and, you know, I would like taste like berries and stuff like that. So like, <laughs> I was around the plants, you know, That's but good. with my dad, like, especially like going out to like, yeah. the forest and like looking at lichens, I was really into carnivorous plants. Like, Oh hell yeah. That's like the ultimate, like I thought I was going to start a carnivorous plant nursery and that would be my life when I was like 20. You still can. Who's, I can, but who's stopping you. I know. I know. We have a book called So You Want to Start a Nursery. And it's basically like, oh, do you want to hate yourself and not have any money for the rest of your life? <laughs> like, is the moral of the story. What was that movie? We Built a Zoo? If they can do we it. We Built a Zoo. Yeah. Yeah. That was that well, that's the- like, they, they had nest eggs. They had capital investment. They had capital. Papa came with his hedge fund. Mm-hmm. You're not on the Darlingtonia coin or whatever. I should start a crypto. <laughs> do they still do NFTs? Is that is that still They happening? do. I saw a headline today saying Justin Bieber lost like a cool $1.2 million on an NFT. He should have made a carnivorous plant nursery. It's way more stable. It's it's way it's it's uh it's a, it's kind of a capital builder, you know. Um yeah. I almost <laughs> in a moment of um impassioned impulsivity i almost moved to georgia and became like the head grower for a (laughs) carnivorous plant society outfit and then i was like oh wait fuck that (laughs) yeah yeah uh i don't know summer in georgia is just so much more oppressive than summer in florida in my opinion unless you're like the scrub of florida or something like southern georgia is just like to me, it's just like the hottest place in the East, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah. Like, um, I went to Dollywood a lot and I visited my family. We all met up in Dollywood and we hiked with Melanie in Northern Georgia. And it was like, it was like a three mile hike. It was steep hike, but it was like a quick in out and back. Like I have these really heavy pants, like work pants that I hike in and they were like soaked through, like <laughs> sticking to my legs, like didn't, and they didn't dry out for the rest of the time I was there. I hung them on the porch. <laughs> That's the advertisement for people. Uh, come to Wisconsin, do your PhD at uh, Wisconsin Botany because it can be like 75 in Madison in the summer, like 80 degrees tops in the summer, you know, None of this sweat through your entire uh, work pants kind of nonsense. It gets humid up there, doesn't it, it? I mean, yeah, but, you know, it's it's topping out like, you know, in the it's topping out in like the mid 80s, you know, so it's not I mean, it's not Kansas City, you know, it's not like it's not like being in like, you know, Urbana, Illinois or something like that. Like it's it's a little nicer up here and we got a lot of lakes. So and a lot of cool plants, too. Uh, I mean, I, what kind of you have? It. oh man, well, uh, we got a lot of orchids here. We got more orchids than California does just, yeah, I, I keep making the case that California doesn't have that many orchids when it comes down to it. You're Everyone's making the like, case. Oh, yeah. Oh no. I'm like, no, come on. No, for real though. Like there's not that many. We have a lot of, we have a, a lot of showy ones, but when it comes down to brass tacks, like that you is, you have a couple never diversified here. You have a couple of, uh, of showy ones. I feel like, um, but I don't know, like. There, you know, California, I, I haven't botanized there that much, but, you know, it does, it just, it's impressive to me on one hand that there's so many species there, but I mean, on the other hand, like, 
you know, you guys have fucking like mountains that are like how many, you know, 10,000, 12,000, whatever feet high. You have mm-hmm. like temperate rainforest. You have desert. You have, you know, wherever they grow, you know, Napa Valley. You got, yeah, where they grow plants and crops and all this shit. Like there's so many different things there for plants. Oh, it's totally stacked in our favor. It's, it's totally not a fair stacked. fight. Florida, like on the other hand, it's not doing too bad. And I mean, the highest point in Florida is like 350 feet or something. You know? Well, it's the the Yeti roller coaster in Disneyland, isn't it? Disney World. <laughs> I mean, effectively, I'm sure it's something like that. <laughs> but like the all of that, point. like you know, Florida, and also, I mean, it was underwater for like how long up until recently? Florida is really kind of, you know, I think it's kind of punching above its weight. And then the same thing with Wisconsin. Absolutely. Like Wisconsin was just covered by ice until like what eleven thousand years ago or something. And then mm-hmm. everything there, you know, had to, like, come back in. So, yeah, I mean, we don't have, like, how many thousands of species is California. But I don't know. I, I just feel like for what we are, like, we do pretty good. There's, like, 50 species of orchids in Wisconsin. And um, we have a lot of, uh, of a lot of interesting disjunct plants that come in from the Arctic region. and uh, That's really cool. Stuff. Yeah, you do a really cool job of explaining, though crazy disjuncts that have that little like sliver of cold air <laughs> yeah. in ravine. Yeah, right. So like butterworts in in Wisconsin like grow on like cliff sides on Lake Superior. Like isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. But what I was really attracted to with Wisconsin particularly is that it's I mean, you know, it's it's Packers country, it's like mid-America, it's <laughs> dairyland, like all of that, but like it's in the middle of everything and like yeah. botanically too. So, you know, we got stuff coming in from the West, from the Great Plains. So, you know, like the, uh, the grama grasses, the short, um, uh, the short grasses, the cool season grasses, um, what, like Budalea and uh, I butcher all the names and everything. But uh, we got the, uh, what, prickly pears that come in. From, I was going to ask, do you have a punchia? Yeah, we do. We have, we have a punchia fragilis, which comes in from the uh, West. And then that we one's also tight. have, was it Cespitosa or whatever that, that comes in from the east. So yeah, we, we have a couple cacti. Actually, um, weirdly enough, this is like a sidebar, but um, I found out that Minnesota has uh, like a barrel cactus that's like in the western part. Really? Of the state. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Oh, is it? Um, oh, Christ. What is it called? It starts with an E. It's like, <laughs> starting. I have a plant podcast, can't name one. Um, <laughs> Just Escobaria. Like, or yeah, some shit like that. Those lines. Yeah. So yeah, we don't have that, but you know, like other otherwise, we we have a lot of cool stuff coming in. So yeah, all that stuff that's coming in from the Great Plains, and then we have a couple things, uh, you know, especially some of the mosses that um, that come in from the uh, Ozarks region. We have stuff that's boreal. We got stuff that's like eastern forest. We got like prairie stuff, and then. Um, the kind of the unlikely thing that I always tell people I really like because I'm from the south are the uh, the southeastern coastal plains disjuncts that like chilling in the really? sandy part of uh, central Wisconsin. So like Rexia and uh, uh, you know some different sp- like Polygola species and like some different mm-hmm. stuff like that. So they're all disjunct in the central part of the state. So really like Wisconsin has like all of these different. 
kind of intersecting um, floras that come together. And it's kind of fun to like go out to places and try to find all those species and whatever. That's kind of what I like to do in my free time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, California is totally, it's not fair because it's this like the size of the East coast. Like if you look at Florida or Georgia to New Hampshire, like it's probably got a similar diversity, but everyone, Oh, it's one state. So it counts yeah. as one thing. It's stupid. Right. And I mean, but, uh, I, I love like when people are like posting like, Oh, like look at this like crazy mustard that like just grows in like fucking Hollywood, California or some shit like that. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> but also, you know, like, there, it's of course it's going to be endemic. Like, how many fucking hundred square miles is this? Is this state? You know? Yeah. It's it's whatever. Exactly. Um, but like, it's it's just as cool to me. Like in the northeastern half of the country, like Wisconsin to Maine or whatever. Like seeing how all these genera that show up other places and like are known, like they're famous for their type location or whatever, the way they behave in Florida, mm-hmm. like. The Rexia, like Rexia polygula in Massachusetts show up in Pine Barren kettle ponds, like next to Drosera and mm-hmm. Pitch Pines yeah. and like this fire dependent regime where it's just like, I'm sure it's similar, but it's just like the same plants can create a completely different community. Yeah. And that's like, that's the most fascinating part. For me. Like, yeah. yeah. I could look at rare mustards all day and I will. I'm I going will. To. <laughs> but it's like the, the plants that are, have like the rare assemblages yeah more fascinating to me yeah and don't get me wrong like next time i go to california i'm going buck fucking wild trying to find all these like you know dwarf mistletoes or some shit you know what i mean like i'm gonna totally like i i'm only saying that because i don't live in california but as soon as i move out there i'm gonna be waving the california flag everywhere (laughs) Like, like look at this fucking you know um like ephemeral pond specialist or something I was thinking about things that uh, I've seen that Hannah Kang posts that are really cool. Um, oh yeah, but they're in a great spot. Yeah, but uh, like one one cool example of what you just of what you were just describing that I really like for the Great Lakes region specifically. So you know we get a lot of snow for a long period of time, and you know some for some reason they decided that like salting roads was like the best option for that. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though we have, you know, all these lakes and, you know, there's all the lakes are becoming saltier or whatever, but anyway, so, you know, they salt all of that and, um, they, you know, eventually they scrape all of the ice off and all the salt water kind of accumulates on the side of roads and like, and the, like the parking lots of like Walmarts and stuff. Oh, and quick trip. I don't know if there's any Wisconsin people listening, but uh, I got to drop the quick trip. Um, quick trip, great place to botanize in the parking lot. Uh, so all those places where all those salt uh, water things accumulate, they actually get like this pretty crazy community of halophytic plants. So we have like these, um, I was it seaside um, uh, goldenrod, uh, Solidago uh, Mexicana. I fucking knew you were going to say that. Yeah. That's my favorite. It's like moving up. It's like it's past Milwaukee now. Like I I think that there was like an established population like Chicago and then it moved up like, like, you know, the interstates or whatever. And it's like moving up like all these salt plants. Crazy. You know, I, I go, I really go like, you know, in October, November to like, parking lots and just like look for like crazy salt marsh asters that like found their way to wisconsin somehow you know that's so cool 
So I think that's kind of a cool community we have. <laughs> um, I know it's, it's such a trip. Like these novel, they're basically, I mean, they're novel ecosystems. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's the divide of like, oh, a parking lot is the ultimate example of like the absence of life. But it's mm-hmm. like, nah, man, the second that asphalt ruptures, like seeds get in there and a hierarchy works itself out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't even know how this shit happens. Like, it's like Jeff Goldblum, you know, like life will find a way. Like, <laughs> I had like this, like, like really old pot outside my house, like just with soil, like, I don't, you know, just like potting soil. And I left it out for like a year. And eventually I, I like just said, I'm going to look at it under a microscope and see what's in here. And it was like just a fuck ton of like springtails and like weird worms and like all this other shit. I'm like, how, how did this get here? What, what is going on? And then I realized, you know, it all spontaneously generates. Right. I mean, and that's the way that it is. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's our, all just our Lord God put it in for us to enjoy. It's just spontaneous generation. And I, that's, that kind of just changed my whole path, you know? <laughs> yeah. But no, like seriously, like how does that shit get there? I mean, I know with fish, like, they How were, the fuck they, do fish work? Really? How do they <laughs> I don't get know. places? I've been trying to figure that out. I live <laughs> in the land of salmon and trout now. I'm like, this is tight. What's good with them? I don't know. They show up, they go away, and they come back. But um, with like man-made ponds and wet, you know, like retaining ponds and whatever, like they would just kind of, fish would show up and everyone's like, we didn't stock that. Like <laughs> fish just emerged. And I guess certain fish eggs can survive a bird's digestive tract mm-hmm. and then they hopscotch from pond to pond and then like lo and behold there's fish like what the fuck you know it's yeah like th- this is something kind of similar with this with orchids but like in a slightly different way so there are you know so many genera of orchids out there and um, so many tribes of orchids and orchids are characterized by a lot of things so you know one of the things that really characterizes them is that they have really tiny dust-like seeds mm-hmm. and the assumption is just like hey the seeds are small they're like dust they can just go everywhere like they can just get in the fucking air and just go up to the jet stream and just like get all over the place because you know there's <laughs> orchids like cool everywhere idea. there's orchids everywhere on earth you know like the polar regions the tropics temperate whatever but um, it's kind of a paradox because even though they like are thought to be able to move like so far like that, um, they actually have been shown to like like a, they actually kind of prefer like a region. So different genera are like found only in North America and they actually haven't moved far away from that at all. Um, there are some genera that are really widespread over the world, but actually it's only a few and it's kind like of like Speranthes is one of them, right? Yeah. But there's only a couple Speranthes outside of North America, if I'm remembering correctly, but you know, like Platanth or like Habanaria or something or, um, mm-hmm. or Liparis. <laughs> Good save. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I don't know. I'm not going to get into Platanthra on, on the podcast tonight. It's too <laughs> controversial, but uh, like, there's a couple genera that are, that are widespread, but really like the majority of genera, like are all like in a pretty narrowly defined region. And it's, it's like, okay, well, can't they like go anywhere, but they actually don't. Um, so I don't know, maybe they're not really like fish at all or 
<laughs> maybe that's what I should do my uh, my last chapter, my thesis on. But yeah, anyway, orchid biogeography is kind of a kind of a crazy topic to me that I've been like reading about a lot more. I don't know. What have you been into lately? Fish, honest to God, I've been into fish lately. Yeah. Um, because Massachusetts and like the East Coast as a whole is just so clogged up with dams and like I grew up ten minutes from I like where the pilgrims landed mm. and they picked where they landed because they didn't hit a rock that was bullshit. <laughs> they found the only fresh water they could find. They landed on Cape Cod, which is a sandbar. There's no water table out there, so they landed in Plymouth and they found Town Brook. Um, which is like where me and my friends would like smoke weed out of Gatorade bottles back in the day. Like we were <laughs> shithead 17 year olds, yeah. um, which shows you how well Plymouth <laughs> thinks of it. But um, it's, they have all these freshwater seeps coming out of the side of this like kind of gradual valley, the valley, mm-hmm. you know, Arroyo, Wash, whatever. Um, and <laughs> pretty much since like day one of Europeans being here, it's had some sort of impediment on it. Um, and for the 400th anniversary of Plymouth being founded, they removed all of the dams, but one, and then expanded the fish ladder. And we have alewives, which are, mm-hmm. we have this Atlantic salmon. Um, I don't know a whole lot about them, but mm-hmm. we have alewives, which is like these little kind of fish, uh, huge food source. They were like one of the first conservation jobs in America was the alewife warden. Like he made sure that there was enough fish to eat. Mm. I don't know how sacrificed people or something but um so we have these huge runs of fish in like certain areas where it should be everywhere should be just you know covered in like anything that has water in it should be like lousy with fish Mm -hmm. but there's just so many unnatural man-made bodies of water that are stocked with like you know sunfish and just like you know the typical game fish you know it's just like it's just weird that like fish only really exist where they exist in America because people like to go catch them. Like that's, that's, there's no yeah. other reason. There's no like commercial aspect. It's like it's fishing is fun. People like to do it. So we're going to mm-hmm. put fish in this pond that had no fish before. Um, mm-hmm. But so um, growing up, it was all like sluggish and super tannin rich, you know, like you can't see the bottom of any body of water. Mm-hmm. Um, so like fish were like not a thing that I thought of when I was in freshwater. Um, but out here, uh, in Santa Cruz is like the southernmost extent of the coho salmon runs mm-hmm. and they have nosedived in the last 50, 60 years because of mismanagement. But, um, there's still every year, like a couple of them can kick their way back up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the idea that like these massive fish that are, you know, four feet long, bright red. I used to draw also, I used to draw salmon. Like you ever see, you've seen super bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know that scene where they he can't stop drawing dicks? <laughs> yeah. He's just like, it's like a weird compulsive <laughs> thing. I was me with salmon for a while. I don't know why. I just liked They're their beautiful. aesthetic. I like their little humps that some of them have. Yes. They get the, they get the overbite when they're mating. Yeah. Um, that was very was fun to draw when I was like eight. But so um, being now where there's salmon, you know, like salmon in the Pacific Northwest is like, yeah, of course there's salmon. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? But like we're on the very edge of their range for a lot of these species. Um, and it just fascinates me to no end, like the journey they take and the yeah. fact that you can just like go to this river and if you're lucky, you'll see this gigantic fish that lived <laughs> in the ocean, come back, somehow yeah. knows where it was born How and starts the cycle over again. 
we have to we have to either like i don't know like normalize like how fucking cool it is that plants like have i mean they don't like go to where they came from where they spawn but that we have like disjunct plants that are like really fucking cool and like really far away from like the main part of their range but like still yeah. still chill in there like you know when i was up in alaska this summer um i i had to drop that eventually I, it took me 45 minutes but i had to drop that it was in alaska this summer because that, it was yeah really you went to the big fancy conference we know yeah <laughs> Very that sounds that looked like it was amazing so i i found like basically the um i don't think it's like the official farthest north um uh oh my god dog uh dwarf dwarf excuse me dwarf dogwood or should i Fornis? say cami like a paraclimanum oh Okay. <laughs> i that found one. i found essentially like the farthest north extent of that like near the arctic circle or actually it was kind wow. of above the arctic circle and i was like damn i was just looking at a map and being like okay like all of the other uh cornice are like below me right now which was kind of mm-hmm. cool um and you know in wisconsin like we have a couple crazy well we have a crazy rhododendron that like is really far disjunct from um all the uh um, other populations of the same species, which are all like pretty much tundra specialists, but it's just chilling in central Wisconsin, you know, chilling, you know, between the, uh, places where the glaciers went, like all that's pretty cool. Granted, like not quite as good eaten as a salmon is, but, uh, or as, I mean, arguably not as cute as a salmon. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> cornice is pretty cute but oh it's uh, yeah it's a little <laughs> it's it's like what they put on stamps that is true yeah someone's <laughs> gonna send me a picture of a salmon stamp <laughs> um no but absolutely like if you learn plants you basically learn the last million years of the region you're in yeah exactly yeah but anyway yeah i uh am just trying to uh figure out a way that I can like keep on doing plants for as long as possible because I feel like every day there's like a new weird plant thing that I learn about and I don't know I just like that feeling and I just want to keep that up (laughs) you know what I mean yeah absolutely there's so many stories like it connects to so many things yeah that's it's it's I mean that's the hippy tippy thing but it's all connected man like Redwoods here, like down in Big Sur, they only cling to like the steep perennial water creeks that grow in between these incredibly, you know, steep hills and mountains, like these ribbons of mm-hmm. riparian area. But like, yeah, like less than 5,000 years ago, probably, they were the dominant life form there. And it's just like, you're looking basically, like, not to get morose, but like in that area, like their apocalypse happened. Like they are mm-hmm. the survivors of like their climate change. There's, they're just astounding. I, um, <laughs> so this is kind of embarrassing, but you know, I'm from Florida and we, <laughs> that is the embarrassing, okay. that's the embarrassing Florida. part. That's the embarrassing part. <laughs> but the second embarrassing part is that we don't really have like such a drastic change for uh, winter um, in Florida, just because mm-hmm. of like being in the Eastern time zone and like where we are in the Eastern time zone and the latitude and everything like it gets dark at, you know, like, I don't know, like five 30 or something, but it's not that crazy. But when I lived in Oregon, I went out to go 
try to see the Oregon redwoods, you know, the little population that's like in Southern Oregon of redwoods. <clears throat> and I went out there and like, it took me, you know, a, a good part of the day to get down there. And I was like, okay, you know, it, it should be fine. I'm just going to drive up there in my little Mitsubishi and I'm going to go see the redwoods and come back down. And I don't know, like it just got dark so quick like that fucking forest was dark and I seriously thought I was going to die out there. <laughs> that was one of the, that was one of the sketchiest things. And I, I don't know, like, again, like it's that all because of me. It's all because of me. It's not because of like an inherent, <laughs> like being like in the wild. It's not like a very huge wilderness area or anything like that. You know, it's not even that far off, like the fucking road to get to that particular park. But like, I don't know, I just got myself stuck in there at night and I was like, damn, like I'm really going to get eaten by a fucking fox or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like I was walking on a trail behind my house. I live in the Redwoods and a lot like this area was incredibly heavily logged, like most areas of Redwoods. And so there's a lot of the fairy rings, you know, the stump sprouts yeah. that are now 100 feet tall themselves. And it was like at dusk, you know, it was like last week I went looking for newts. And uh, I was walking back to my house and just like my brain just went Bigfoot's behind that tree and he's looking at you. And I look up and he goes like, <laughs> and then like, I, like, I don't believe in Bigfoot at the end of the day. Like I'm like, I, the, sh- the way your brain plays tricks on you in the forest at dusk, like yeah. there's a, there's a reason why like lawns suck, but evolutionarily I kind of get it. Like, yeah, we evolved <laughs> in the savannah. And we don't like to have things hidden behind us. Like, of course, we're going to start making yeah. things up in our heads. Like, I'm I'm anti-lawn, you know, as well. But, like, look at any, like, fucking anti-lawn Instagram post. And, like, all the comments are like, well, what about the fucking snakes? What about the snakes, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know? What if they get me? What if they get me? So, I hear it. I don't know. How Do you feel like, uh, do you have a lot of, like, experiences almost dying out in the... Uh, out in the bush or yes do you um, have your wits about you but <laughs> it depends on the day depends on the minute honest to god um saracenia rubra jonesy eye are you familiar with that one yeah like from the gulf coast yeah um it grows on the cataract bogs in like 11 sites maybe even less in like south carolina northern georgia oh wait, i'm um, thinking about the wrong saracenia but yeah I, I think there's debate whether it's even its own thing, but um, basically I heard that pitcher plants grow in these mountain seeps and they're nowhere near the ocean or any sort of flat land. Um, uh, so I was hiking. Uh, I just realized I said that Saracenia grows near the ocean, but I was, so there's this one population that grows on this like rock bald in South Carolina mm-hmm. and there is like, perennial water kind of trickling across it. Usually it's like the lightest little sheen of water. Um, and I had gone once I was doing cross country trips for a while, like working in California, living in Massachusetts. And I went once and I checked it out and it was tight. And it's like these little clumps of sphagnum accumulate and these little divots in this like truly massive, just rock bald. It's yeah. just like, it's like an 85 degree angle, like just chunk of the mountain. <laughs> And, um, you know, it's got orchids and rexia and there's Apuntia humifusa at the top. Oh, like, that's yeah. how crazy this microclimate is. Like, you can have both in the same spot. Um, so I went back a couple of summers ago and it had rained more at that time. 
so there was a lot more water and uh it kind of grows in the margins but like they're shaded out so they're mm-hmm. not really spectacular looking but these you know these super photogenic clumps just grow out in the middle of it and it's like if it's dry it's fine it's totally safe just don't be an idiot and you'll be okay and so i was trying to cross the water um and it was kind of like flowing right along the edge of the woods and the rock face and so i like i put one foot oh, no. down oh no and i'm like okay i'm fine and then i put the other foot down and i just feel them give out like i have like a millisecond by millisecond replay oh like, god <laughs> oh no I think it's called PTSD. but <laughs> i find my next thing you know i'm sliding like a water slide like on my butt feet in front of me oh god sliding i'm scrambling for anything it is smooth granite you can't touch like you, oh, there's no. nothing to get I'm, oh, uh, no, all the mosses oh you're scraping them no off. no it was it was <laughs> mosses couldn't even it was so steep and so wow poreless in that area um, Did you have so, to like grip uh, yeah. onto like some endangered salamander or something like yeah, grab right. on its Look tail? Your hand. <laughs> uh, I slide all the way down. Um, there's a pool of water about two feet deep at the bottom with like some sand and debris. And um, I land with the biggest, th- I slid easily 70 feet. Like, oh God, this is awful. And the, I landed flat on my ass <laughs> and if I had like, like if I had landed any other way at all, like not exaggerating, like I, I, I had that like moment where you're like, I just, that was eight of my nine lives. Like, holy shit. Holy shit. I, I pop out of the wall. I go completely under. I like hit it with my butt and I just go flat, you know, like it snaps me like, yeah. a, um, and it's just, I, I jump out of the water. I throw my phone on my pocket. Cause I'm like, I need to call 911. I'm paralyzed. Um, I get up, I hobble out, I'm like crying. Like I have that moment where I'm like, oh my God, like, oh my God, I cannot fucking believe I am not dead right now. Did your butt hurt? Like my butt hurt, my back hurt. Like wow. I'm I'm fine now. I'm waiting to look when I'm like 55 and I have all these discs that need to be replaced. But like if I had landed any other way, best case scenario, I would have shattered my legs and would have been paralyzed in this pool of water a mile off a highway in North Carolina or South Carolina. But like- you know, worst case scenario, I crack my head open and nobody finds me for a month. Um, but it was just like, I was so rattled to my core. Like my back hurt. I still had like a fucking thousand miles to drive, but, um, I saw the damn plant. Like I was so high on adrenaline that I climbed back up (laughs) and then took a safer route and then took my pictures. And then I called my mom. I was like, listen, I like downplayed it. Oh my god! I needed to, I needed to tell her to not listen to this. The thing, the um, things that we do for plants. I I, I know. I I didn't have anything cra- quite as crazy as that, but I did have a time when I really did think I was gonna potentially die. And then I think even looking back on it, like I actually feel even a little bit worse about it. So <laughs> I I do a lot of my field work up in northern Wisconsin, and um, I was up at this uh, this kind of like. Uh, little lake that had a bog uh floating bog around the margin of it you know oh god no okay bogs bogs you know uh good place to see plants if anybody is uh curious um but you (laughs) know it's also a good place to die um so i was in this you know insect desecrated bog you know just getting absolutely hammered by biting flies so, you know, I had like all of my uh, nets on me. I had like 
my, you know, waders and all this other shit on me and like my backpack and all my collecting gear and stuff. I, I was out there to, you know, collect some plants for my, uh, for my, uh, research. So walking, walking, walking along the margin of this bog. And then I see this really beautiful white, um, you know, water lily in the water. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna take a picture of this. This is gonna look great. You know, uh, I could see it 500 likes, you know, it, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I lean over to take a picture and then the whole fucking mat of sphagnum that I'm on completely capsizes and dumps me into the middle of the lake. I was kind of, you know, close to the middle at this point. So I had my phone in my hand. My phone immediately is gone. It's at the bottom of Kissick Lake. If anybody wants to try to go find it, <laughs> uh, phone was gone and really like, I'm there and I see my feet under me and I see like all this fucking tangled web of like fucking, you know, water lily uh, stems and like, you know, pond weed and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'm going to get tangled up in here. And my head is underwater and everything right now. It's like it's pretty deep. So I really thought that like I was going to get tangled and it didn't help that like my first reaction was like, okay, I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. Like I need to like try to dig for my phone in the water. So I'm kind of like at a weird angle, like trying to reach in and like trying to, are you still underwater? Like you have not taken a breath yet. Oh, I'm underwater. Like this all happened just like a couple seconds. Like I'm underwater and like, I know some underwater. My phone is like drifting. Like I see it in front of me drifting away and I see all this tangled stuff and I'm like trying to like reach for it, but like not get tangled up in it. And, you know, thankfully, like I didn't. Um, and I come to the surface and, you know, I have water in like my waders, which, you know, is not a good thing because it can really mm. weigh you down. So I had to like wiggle out of that and, um, you know, kind of like swim up basically and then climb up onto the floating uh bog and crawl my way out of there i had no more like gear so i just got desecrated by insects on the way out but damn it i lived <laughs> were you alone i was alone which is not advisable and um you know i was actually on my way to duluth and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna keep going to duluth but i didn't have my phone so i didn't really know where to go so um i have like this like really old like iphone 3 probably a fucking iPhone too, <laughs> like in my car. And I, I just like went to like the Hayward, Wisconsin McDonald's and like, I, you know, everything is all two factor authentication. Now this was in 2019, but it was all two factor authentication. So you couldn't like log into Facebook and be like messaging people or anything to be like, Hey, like I almost died. The only, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but the only app that was like not two factor was fucking Twitter. I had to like message my sister. I had to message my sister on like Twitter DMs, which like, you know, nothing happens on Twitter DMs except like people trying to like steal your information, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had to, um, you know, figure out some fucking way to get out of there. But yeah, I really thought that that I was going to like perish in that situation. And looking back, it actually seems a little bit worse than I even thought at the moment. Yeah, no, those I have fallen through many floating bogs, but never to that degree. Like, I think everybody gets one. You get one get out of death free card, and then after yeah, that, you're like, you get one. Smarten up or die. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about anything else that was crazy that happened. I just crazy stuff happens to me in in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is kind of 
Wisconsin is on the down low, but like, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. Like it, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy place, you know? I mean, you guys had Ed Gein. We do. And actually this is an insider information for you guys. Ooh. Uh, the only endemic taxa of plant uh, to Wisconsin is found growing like literally right next to Ed Gein's gravesite, which no has, shit. Which has what now is it? moved. It's an oxytropis. Um, it's a, huh. it's, it's an oxytropis variety. It's like oxytropis, um, compestris. No, <laughs> that's, I mean, you know, we can do a revision and, and maybe do that, but, <laughs> nah. um, it's compestris, uh, variety chartacea. I think it's called facets loco weed and it only grows in central Wisconsin. I, I guess it actually grows in one other part of Wisconsin, but essentially only in, in central Wisconsin, in Plainfield, Wisconsin, which is where Ed Gein is from uh, and where his family grave uh, site is at. Um, and it only grows in like these like weird uh, lakes that have like kind of a fluctuating um, water level throughout the year. That's like, okay. the only place that it grows like for whatever reason. And yeah, so there's your inf- insider info about Ed Gein and plants and how they're connected. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't think I realized that Octotropus grew that far east, but I haven't really looked past, like, the western states. Yeah, I don't even know if... I, yeah, I don't really know. Like, that's the only one that I can really think of. We have other stuff, like, um, fucking Astragalus. We have, like, a couple of Astragalus in the east. Which, like, if you put a gun to my head and, <laughs> like, you were like, tell me if this is an Astragalus and Octotropus, like, I'd say pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, there's like there's like one or two or three ox, um, um, astragalus in Wisconsin, and um, the the name is escaping me. But there's like some other like Fabaceae that's like mostly like West Coast that we get here. Um, mm. Oh yeah, what is it? A fucking wild licorice? Was it Glycoriza or something? Oh yeah, yep. I don't even know where yep, is, that, I... is that native to the U.S. I don't even know. But there's like one spot in like far western Wisconsin that like it barely makes it into, but some shit like I that. went out looking for a rare astragalus in the salt marshes in the San Francisco Bay with a friend, and we got all excited because we thought we saw it from far away, and we come up on it, and it's wild licorice. What the like, fuck? But it was like planted doing? in road. Like there must have been some kind of experiment or restoration site. Yeah. But like the, the sheer like when we because they have super glandular seeds right seed mm-hmm. pods, yeah. Like finding that that was such a heartbreaker. Like we're out here in the stinky ass anaerobic mud, <laughs> and like this is all garbage fill in the first place. Like we thought we found it. I just figured the only plants that you guys have in California is like manzanita. I thought that was about it. I mean that is we that's our that's my favorite part of it. Um, I was actually working on the mountain today. Ninety five percent. Ninety-five percent manzanita. I feel like is kind of the flora, right? Of, yeah, of, like, it's California. weird. I don't know if it's like Australia has a bunch of um, ericaceous species too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I mean South Africa has like whatever the fuck's going on there. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's I live in like the center of manzanita diversity too. Like if I drove for three hours from the Golden Gate Bridge to like Big Sur, I would see. Oh God, probably like 65, 70% of the taxa in that genus. Damn. Now that I'm like so fucking obsessed with iNaturalist, like 
I need to get my species numbers up. I, Wait, I need... you're like the number one guy on iNaturalist, right? No, I'm not. I think that's Matt. I think Matt is. And then there's like the other Matt. And then there's um, a couple other people who I don't think are on plant Instagram. I'm like number six for. Okay. But, but again, <laughs> again, though, like, again, like, when we're talking about the United States, like, all these fuckers, they live in California and Texas, dude. I'm out here in Wisconsin trying to. Doing get, the damn thing. I'm trying to find every fucking little urticaceae and fucking ulmaceae out here trying to get my numbers up. And, you know, you get 60 <laughs> whatever species of manzanita on your way to work, like, it's it's rough out here, okay? I need to take a little bit of credit. <laughs> you get you get you get like a, a, a definitely a handicap. Yeah, I'm number one for Wisconsin for plants. I was gonna say I and knew for you Florida. were number one for something. And for Florida. And for Florida? Too. And for Florida. I do take pride in Florida. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I do take pride in Florida. You don't even Florida. live in Florida. I yeah, really I haven't lived in Florida <laughs> since twenty eighteen. So I I do take pride in that. But um, yeah, dude, I'm okay. Here's the, here's the plug of uh, my future. I'm trying to go to Arizona um, in like March or April. I feel like okay. the Sonoran Desert, and then I don't know. Sometime next year, maybe Bay Area. Last time oh. I was supposed to go to the Bay Area, it was uh, March twelfth, twenty twenty. So fuck. <laughs> that was like two days after the Bay Area shut down. So right. No, thank you. Right. So I had to cancel that. Um, so I don't know, Bay area next year, uh, Arizona next year. Um, I don't know, maybe fucking Alaska. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But yeah. Oh, cool, man. Do you want to call it there? Let's call it there. Let's call it. Perfect. I'm calling it. (laughs) Calling it. All right. That was fun. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, you interviewed me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I like to kind of, you know, I got to take you out of your comfort zone and kind of turn the tables a little bit, take some of the pressure off myself. Season pro. We'll start a (laughs) podcast empire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything you would like the general public listening to know about in regards to you or anything at all? Um. I uh, I'm, I just finished like a long cycle of, of doing different talks and stuff. So I don't have anything coming up um, at the moment, but, you know, just find me on Instagram. It's my name, Brandon Corder, C-O-R-D-E-R. And uh, I'm always I'm always online. I'm terminally online. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, um, OK. We'll finish after this. Favorite Beach Boys song. We were talking about this. Surfing USA. <laughs> no, no. Classic.